Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, motivational speaker, full-time psychology student, mama four, and military spouse. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and real stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today we talked to Carol all about women's health, menopause, periods, all of the things, erotica. We have quite a uh, variety of topics uh, about women on the podcast today. Uh, we try to focus mainly on menopause, but got away with us. So it may not be appropriate for little ears just to give you a heads up. Hey guys, today I'm here with Carol. Carol. Carol is a woman who has worn many hats in her life, daughter, aunt, niece, mother, sister, friend, and had many professions. And Carol is a second time podcast guest, so I will link her first podcast episode up in the show notes. We're talking about a completely different subject this time. Um, she has served in the U.S. Navy as a hospital corpsman with a specialty in aviation medicine for 20 years. Her favorite part is being at MH-53 Helicopter Squadron in Norfolk, Virginia. And she's still in Hampton Roads. So when we get to the later part of this comfort, like this bio, you'll know why I'm, I'm mentioning that for all my Hampton Roads beats. After she retired in 2004, she worked as a medical assistant slash skin, skin care specialist, words are not my friend, at a local dermatology practice. She has recently started a mobile spa business called Sugar and Skin Spa. Uh, where she provides spa treatments in the comfort of her client's home and her own spa at affordable prices. I can say her, her prices are affordable. She is awesome. She may have um, sugared my vagina. <laughs> yes, I did. A couple months ago. I did. So considering she's been in a very intimate part of my body, I can say price is affordable. She's great. She's awesome. She's very, very personable. May she feel comfortable. Cause I mean, when somebody's down in there, that downstairs region, you're like, woo. Um, but she did great. Um, so if you're in Hampton Roads, check her out. Her goal in life is to empower women through beauty. She believes when a woman feels confident in her appearance, she feels empowered. It's true. Man, I felt empowered after that. I was just like, she's like, I can conquer the world because this vagina is pretty. Yeah. I thought my husband was going to have a heart attack. He was like, what the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> I love I've never it. Seen it like that before. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So Carol, we are also talking about vaginas ish. We are conversation. We just like to talk about vaginas. I talk about vaginas all the time, to be honest. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you Brazilian's see, my number one service. So I'm, I talk about vaginas all the time. You see lots of vaginas. I see lots of vaginas. <laughs> So today we're going to talk about menopause yes. because Carol was, um, I heard about this at one of our meetups. I used to host meetups in the Hampton Roads area. And so Carol was talking about how she was going to share her journey with menopause at another podcast guest, Lauren Hopes, and I'll link her, hers in the show notes too. Um, she hosts the storytelling night. And so Carol said, I shared about menopause at the storytelling night. And I'm like, you want to come on the podcast talk about menopause? Because we've never talked about menopause on the podcast. And as women, we're all going to go through it. It's right. going to happen. Yeah. So my and mom. this gendered woman, and sometimes even trans men, if yes. they still have their female organs, will also go through that. Very good point. Mm -hmm. So 
we always forget that, you know, and um, I know thinks, which I use the period panties, which I'll also link up in the show notes. They are very um, gender identity inclusive. So they do talk about that um, in their advertising um, about how it's not just cisgendered women, you know, trans men can also have their periods as well if they haven't gone through the full transition. Correct. So that is, I'm glad you pointed that out. We're actually doing our first um, transgendered woman Brazilian. Um, So we are very inclusive and we have our first, I have a person, I co my coworker is an expert in male Brazilian. So we have our first trans woman who hasn't completely transitioned and still hasn't had bottom surgery. So she's coming in um, because we can offer her a safe and loving environment to be who she is and still have her hair removed in her personal area. We don't care what kind of body parts you have. We just, hair is hair. Hair's hair, you know. Well, I um, was looking for somebody with dissociative identity disorder to be on the podcast, and we have one guest that's coming up. We might have two. I can't remember how many, but one person had messaged me because I had said a woman or somebody who identifies a woman, and they were like, I don't know if you know, but different alters can have different gender identities. And mm-hmm. I was like, I am aware. Yeah. So if you, the body. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The body's a woman, the alters, which are they used to be called personalities, but they're really individual people living. Correct. With inside. Yeah. Yeah. could be men, women, non, their gender binary. Yeah. And they're like, so the, they're like, (laughs) they, they they go by they, they said the body's female. (laughs) (laughs) Not all of us are. And I was like, yeah, you can come on the podcast. Like, so I was like in a situation like that, that's a little different, you know? Yeah. So That's so cool. I can't wait to listen to that one. It was fascinating. I don't know about the one that's coming on because I don't think that one applied. Um, there were hesitance to apply. And maybe they just needed to listen to the podcast and we'll apply at a date yeah. later time. But the one coming, I'm not sure what the um, gender identities of um, the alters are, but we'll probably find that out. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. That's going to be so interesting. Yeah. I've been very fascinated by it. And I was like, um, you know, I would actually like to be a therapist for dissociative identity disorder because I feel like that's probably one disorder that people don't really find therapists that are very open-minded about. Um, but I find kind of fascinating. So off topic, let's talk about menopause. We do that, don't we, Megan? Yes, I do. I do it all the time. And my mom is going through menopause right now. Um, She started, mm, yeah, she started. Uh, So she's only- How old is your mom? 50. Okay, so- 51, 50. Remember that menopause actually starts with perimenopause for some women in their 30s, some women in their 20s. For me, it started around 38. Yeah. So I started just having hot flashes and mood swings and um, night sweats and all that started for me at 38. And it was really strong in my early 40s. And then it kind of tapered down. Um, I didn't actually know I was technically in menopause because I have I had polyps. Yeah. So I kept bleeding. So I kept thinking that I was having a cycle and I went to see a um, GYN and she was like, oh no, honey, you don't, you're in menopause. This is something else. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know. So I just thought I was still bleeding monthly because I was having a cycle, but it wasn't. So sometimes you don't know. And the crazy thing about menopause, like you could actually not have your cycle for like 11 months 
And then if you have oh your God. Call, that freaked me out. Well, yeah. So, so <laughs> you have to have the technically speaking, you have to have like 12 months of no menstrual cycle. Oh, okay. So if you have 11 months of no cycle and then you have a cycle, like you start all over with your count. Yeah. I think my mom is in perimenopause right now. Yeah, it's just, I don't it's think cool. she's, I mean, I'm not really in, in speaking terms with her right now, but yeah. last I knew she was going through menopausal symptoms, but hadn't so I guess for me, I think the thing that really pissed me off about being perimenopausal was, um, you know, as you start, if you're a person that has a pretty, um, you know, pretty good cycle, like every so many weeks and you're right on target and you're mm -hmm. right on track. And then all of a sudden things start changing. Maybe the timing changes, maybe it's longer, maybe it's lesser. Maybe for a lot of women I talk to, you get like more clotty like thicker oh, menses yeah. that because your, your uterus is changing, the lining is changing. But so I was pissed off because when I went to my doctor, who's really smart, right? right? And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going through this. What can we do? She's like, well, this is what she said to me. I kid you not. She said, <laughs> well, just always carry extra panties and, um, you know, feminine hygiene products. Are and we teenagers like, again? What, well, what I'm thinking is not even that, but I'm thinking like, you're a fucking brilliant doctor. And all you can offer me is like, wear, carry some panties and like tampons. Like men have pills that give them erections. Right. Well, let's be honest. Me. Women health has, is still like in the dark ages. Yes. Okay. I, We're on I the lower yeah. Or, or you can take, or you can take a pill called Premarin, which is basically made from pregnant horse urine. Like those are my options. Oh God. There's a problem here. There's a problem with women's health when your choices are carry some panties, maybe find an herb that will help you or take a pill called, you know, that is made from mare. I mean, there are other things you can, there are patches now and things, but I'm talking about 10 years ago when those You could eat some out. sweet potatoes. Have you seen Sex in the City? No, I, I, I <laughs> Sex in the City too. It's the second I, I, movie. I have a friend. I have a lot of clients that tell me that basically everything in their female lives they can relate to a Sex in the City episode. Yeah, so I just need to watch it because. So, so in the second movie, Samantha is going through menopause and she's eating like tons of sweet potatoes and taking all these supplements because that's what she was told. <laughs> Stave it off. It was like hilarious. It's crazy and like there's nothing there's nothing you can do necessarily I mean you can take herbs and there are some things but it's something that if you have estrogen mm -hmm. it's going to happen and it's just like you know I, the seven dwarves of menopause is what I talked about which is like itchy bitchy sneezy sleepy um dusty you know I was the other I forget the other two I have to write them down but you know you're 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 having hot sweats, you're sweaty, you're moody, you want to kill people, you're, um, you're itchy, you're just dry, um, you're dusty because usually there's vaginal dryness. Like there's all these things that go on and we just don't talk about it as women. And like, it's, we're going to go through it. We, well, should... we don't even talk about periods and no, I'm trying to don't. get somebody on the podcast to talk about periods and what's normal and what's not normal. Like what should we look for? I mean, right, what is right. range? like if your period lasts more than seven days, is that norm normal is such a strange right. word. Yeah. Quote unquote. Variation, right. Like yeah. on the spectrum of normal to not, 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 not. Okay. Let's, let's put it differently on the spectrum of 
healthy to unhealthy. Yes. Good one. Because yes. normal is so relative. Right. So is it healthy for me to have a cycle for eight days? Is it healthy for me to have a cycle every two weeks? Is it healthy for me to go through, you know, a bunch of tampons in an hour? And someone else told me recently, I have clients that come in to get Brazilians and a lot of them are on their cycle. Yeah. I had a lady come in recently using a cup, a diva cup. I want to do one. Those are, you know, so she was like, I was like, well, you know, if you have to change your diva cup and she was like, no, you can wear those for like 12 hours. And I'm like, really? Because yeah, I was using tampons all the time. And she's like, oh no. She goes, think about a tampon. It only holds like two teaspoons of blood. She's like, yeah. a diva cup can hold like a quarter cup. Yeah. Like 12 hours. I'm like, girl. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why I use yeah. the thanks period panties because it's my first day I have to switch it out because yeah. I have such a heavy flow the first day. But after that, I can just wear one for nice. the whole day. But it's as nice. you, as you go to get closer to perimenopause, that could change. That's true. Um, a lot of women I've talked to because we, because we're in a very intimate environment as sugar mm-hmm. and skin spa with clients, we really do talk about women's stuff. I mean, the things yeah. I've learned are amazing. And um, we talk a lot about women's health and our bodies. And um, a lot of women have shared with me that their periods change, their menstrual cycles change as they enter perimenopause. They'll get more mucus in their cycles. They'll have more clots. Um, and that's that was you. That's can be a really good indication if you're in your late 30s, early 40s, and your cycle starts changing. That your hormones are fluctuating right. and entering into peri, which is like prior to menopause. Yeah. My, my flow is about to start in the next day or so. <laughs> yeah, you know, and Mine's so, very regular. I synced up with my daughter cause she's on birth control. Oh, yeah. So like my, she, uh, she didn't miss birth control. She forgot to get it filled and it didn't matter cause she wasn't pregnant. She's not having sex yeah. at the time. Um, and so when she started back up, my, mine literally jumped like seven days forward to sync up. <laughs> Isn't that interesting that women do that? We yeah. do. We do. There's some, I've heard different ideas about whether or not we actually, women actually get in sync, but I think they do. And so I used to always say that if y'all are getting in sync with me, that means I'm the HBIC, right? You know what that means, right? The head bitch in charge. So if y'all are syncing up with me, then I'm the head bitch in charge and y'all are just following along. So <laughs> what you should say is that you didn't move forward she fell back to get in line with you because you're the HBIC in your household. I'm the alpha. You are the alpha for sure. Uh, I think that we should talk about menopause more openly with each other. No, I agree. There's so many things we can share, like, well, what works for you? What, you know, this herb worked for me or this helped with that. Um, You know, I thought you wanted me to share about my partner. So yes. Oh my God. Tell me, tell us his story. Or who didn't hear me before. I actually am in a a lesbian relationship. I don't consider myself lesbian. I consider myself pansexual. Like I don't That's what I think I might be. I don't care what kind of personal bits you have. You can have fun with anything. I care more about who you are inside. So Yeah. yeah. But so I've been with this woman for 15 years and um, there's a, like a saying in the lesbian community, like LBD, which stands for lesbian bed death, which I used to think when I was younger, that it was like, oh, you lose interest, you know? No, it's really because as women, as our hormones decrease, our libido goes down too. So if you have two menopausal women, you ain't never thinking about having sex. <laughs> like, eh, okay, whatever. We could just watch TV or we could get it on and you're just like, eh, it's not a new show. Like it's not that um, compelling 
not that it's not great. Like when it happens, it's amazing, but it just like, you're just like, let's see, um, chicken or fish, you know what I mean? Like for dinner, like I want chicken or beef. We have that, that but so that's really a thing. And, um, I'm guessing that when you're in a hetero relationship, that, that if a man's libido is higher, they're kind of moving towards more towards sexual intimacy than woman's like, okay, whatever. Well, they so, do say that men go through a male menopause. They do. Too. Yes, they do. And so they lose interest as well. Oh, yeah. So they're, I mean, but they happen on different times. Oh. If I remember, if I remember men, men's libidos are high when they're like teenagers in their twenties mm-hmm. and it starts to fall off where women, we start to ramp up in our thirties. <laughs> yes. We're like, let's go. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. And then it goes down when it, with menopause. Well, men hit menopause like at a different time. Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to do some research. That's interesting. So my partner had, um, um, cervical cancer years and years ago. So Mm -hmm. she's got no organs at all. She's got no, no uterus and no ovaries. So she started to have her problems earlier, but so she's been in like, you know, menopause forever, really physically induced. So she's been going to have, she went to see a doctor in Virginia Beach and they do these little pellets. So they take your blood to get your hormones and your DNA. And then they make these little pellets that are called bioidentical hormones. They're basically your hormones. And then they literally insert them into your buttocks so that over time they like, you know, you, and it did, it worked really well for her and it's covered by our insurance. Thank God. That's great. Yeah. TRICARE covers it. So if you have TRICARE people out there and they need bioidentical hormones, there's a doctor in Virginia beach, definitely have them hit me up and I'll give them the information. Okay. Um, they cover like all but $150, but so it's like not bad dollars and TRICARE covered all the blood work. They covered the doctor. They covered 90% of it. I just got a $600 bill for my doctor because TRICARE doesn't want to cover the titer I needed for UConn to make sure I have my immunizations. So now I got to fight it. And my doctor's like, you may not win. And she's like, and then she's like, just make payments on the $624 it is. But in that $624, one of it was blood works to test my adrenal, like to test my um, hormones for my adrenal because she was concerned about it. And they weren't covering that either. I'm like, no, you go ahead and fight the healing. And then you go to the um, the medical management, call medical medical management at TRICARE. Yeah. TRICARE TRICARE could be great and horrible at the same time, but glad that they covered that. I mean, $150, which might seem like a lot to some people, but this is probably like thousands of dollars we're talking about. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So So, tell tell us what happened when Carol did Okay, so she also was getting testosterone just to equal out her stuff. So the first time she got her little testosterone pellet, like nothing happened. And I was really hoping for that testosterone to kick in and nothing happened. So I was like, all right, whatever. I said, next time you go, have them up the dose. And she was like, okay. So she went and got her pellets in and it was a couple weeks later. And literally, so I bought a new piece of equipment for the spa because I'm moving out to a commercial space and I wanted this equipment. So we're driving to North Carolina to buy this equipment. So she's driving her truck and I'm in the passenger seat. And all of a sudden she looks at me and she goes, oh my God. And I'm like, what? And she's like, the testosterone just kicked in. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, all I can think about is sex. (laughs) And I'm like, are you kidding me? And she's like, yeah, it's like dry sex, dry uh, uh, coffee sex, like whatever. I'm like every like 15 seconds. And she's like, yes. And I'm like, oh my God. So her, t- then, so she was 
so that was driving. We were driving when I went home, but we were exhausted. So I, that, I was safe that night. So I'm seeing a client and I walk in my kitchen and she's like leering at me. I'm like, what's going on? And she goes, I'm thinking about you. Or she'll like sext me now from work. And I'm like, I'm like, what is wrong with you? She stalks me now because her test, I'm like, is this what heterosexual women go through when their man is like in the mood? Like, you know, so there is that there is no more LBD in our household. (laughs) <laughs> has some testosterone but it's just funny because I like she stalks me in the house now I'm like all right to me you know but I mean it's a good thing because right. mama's happy but um it's just interesting how hormones play such a big part mm-hmm. in hot you know hot flashes night sweats just our weight you know how our mm-hmm. bodies react to things and menopause causes so much of that and no one really we, we don't talk about it. So we like, you know, no one explained to you, you know, what do you, what to expect? No one explained to me what to expect. So you don't know. And no, I think- my mom didn't even talk about periods with us. She just told us we were going to have one. Yeah. Like, not what, what's normal, what's not normal. Like any of that stuff, like none of it. My daughter will ask me questions. Like, is it normal for me to have this happen or this happen? I'm like, I mean, yeah. yeah. And you- I think that, that as a society, we should, because honestly, like, so women have always been like, menopause is the end. You know, no. It's the beginning. It's the beginning. It's, if you look at a, a, like, your tribe of women, and my tribe ranges from all ages, like from early right. 20s to, you know, 60 plus, 70 plus. And so the, there, there's a majority of us that are 50-ish and up. And usually that's around the time that you stop having your cycle, that you stop being a childbearing person. Because that's the whole point, right? Is that you no right. longer are childbearing. So, so biology makes you not have a cycle so you can't get pregnant. That's yeah, because your eggs start to decline. In, um, they're not as viable. They're not as healthy. Correct. Yeah. So nature takes care of that and, you know, stops us from having us getting, being able to get pregnant in that way. You can still be in some, whatever, but you can no longer naturally have an egg release and go through the right. and tube and be. Which will make me super happy. <laughs> Girl, I'm but, but we don't talk about it yet. It's like, I feel like it's such a beginning. Like women are so vibrant in their fifties. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, especially now because fifties, the new 30, right? It so, is. I mean, I, mean, I want to live to be a hundred. So yeah. that's like only half of my life. That'd be Correct. Gone. And think about like, I just started a business at 51 and mm-hmm. I'm, you know, and taking it out in the world at 53, like I'm 53 years old and I feel like I'm in my forties. And I think that many women I know that are my age, we are, you know, we're vibrant. Our kids are growing up and we're out traveling and starting new careers. And so why do we think that we're shriveled up old people at menopause? But that's been what society has, right? Mm -hmm. Just these days, you now see older women in the media, older women in movies, not being the matron, but being the sex pot. You know, right? right? I love movies with all these like old, not old, older, older, mature women. Yeah. yeah, mature women. I like that. Mature women who are just like getting at it. I'm like, right. yeah, get it, girl. No, I think that's. But but as a society, as we as we no longer put aside our elderly or our as we age, you know. Granted, it's not easy. I mean, you just your body hurts more and you're a little more creaky than you were. But oh my gosh, like women think are about the freedom. 
You're, oh, yeah. I mean, when I am 50, my kids will be grown and with children, okay? Like, my twins, I'll be, before I'm, like, I'll be 40. Like, the twins are going to be eight this year. So they'll be, like, graduating before I'm, around the time I'm 40. So by 50. Well, and you'll have, your money will be for you. Right. And you can travel. And, and I'll have no period. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> You don't have to worry about carrying tampons and all that stuff. Yeah. I don't have to worry about not being able to have sex because I don't. I don't do that on my. I don't some like women it. Do though? Yeah, some do, and I'm not judging, but I don't like it. it grosses me out. So yeah. it's not my thing. Well, the good thing is that you get to choose that for yourself. You get right. to have autonomy over your body. Yeah. So I. I mean, think about it. No more of that. No more yeah. Aunt Flo popping up when I don't want her to. Right. You can wear yeah. white pants without worrying. Yeah. Right. I miss that. I mean, I think that, I think that until we start talking about how awesome it is to be a woman in your fifties, people think that it's, you know, a bad thing, but I will tell you that every woman I talk to who's like 45 plus, they all say that they don't feel like this is not our mother's 50. Right. Today's 50 is not our mother's 50. And when I told my mother that she was like, Hey, wait a minute. She's like, I was traveling, going on cruises when I was in my 50s, having a great time. And I'm like, okay, mom. So today's 50 is not my grandmother's 50. And she was like, yeah. that's better. And I was like, all right, mom. <laughs> now my mom's 80. She's 80. So. Wow. She must be spry though. She sounds like she's got a little, little spicy. in there. In there yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, apple doesn't fall far, <laughs> you know, but I think that we need to, women in our 50s, yeah, I know so many women who are 50 plus who are single for whatever reason, mm-hmm. girl, they don't want to, they don't want to remarry. They want to boo and they yeah. want their boo around when they want their boo and they keep their house and their boo or their booze keep their house and they don't share money. Like it's like, is my money is my house. My boo comes right. over when I want my boo. You have a traveling companion or booze family companions. Women who are usually in their fifties and are single enjoy staying that way because they don't want to share their money. They don't want to share what they've earned. So, I mean, I'm all for, I am, you know, I'm very femme centric. So I am all about women doing what makes them feel good. You know what I mean? And we can do that while we're menopausal. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the symptoms you personally experienced while you're menopausal, while you're going through this, because We aren't taught like what we're told hot flashes. I mean, what, what's beyond hot flash? So so a hot flash, basically like you're just be sitting. I always, I just saw me turn my fan on. I'm in my office. I always have to have air moving or I just feel like uncomfortable. I don't have hot flashes very often, but when it happens, I used to. So when it happens, you're basically just sitting there hanging out, whatever. And all of a sudden you feel like hot like in your belly, like it just feels warm, like in your chest. And then it kind of creeps up for me. That's how it happens for me. And the next thing I know, my neck is red, my face is red. And I feel like I am an inferno inside my body. And you're just like, immediately you'll just like grab something and be like, and you actually will break out in a sweat, like beads, you know, like physical sweat on your face or on your body. And then for most people that I've talked to anyway, when it's over, it lasts about five minutes. And when it's two to five minutes and when it's over, you're drenched in sweat and then you're freezing cold because now you're damp and then, yeah, your temperature gets back to normal. So that's how I experienced. I still have um, a lot of sweating at night. 
I have my, my temperature in my house is at 69 at night. I have a ceiling fan and a fan next to me on my bed because I'm hot all night long. I just wake up like sweaty and hot. And so that's pretty common. Most women, a lot of women have that. I don't want to say most, but a lot of women I've talked to, I can only speak to what I've talked people I've talked to. Right. Um, the libido does sometimes go down because our hormones fluctuate more. Um, oh, moodiness. Like <laughs> you really just, you go from like crying at commercials about like tissue paper to like literally <laughs> wanting to take a knife and stab people. <laughs> it's like PMSD or what is it called now? Like PMDD. They changed like it? Pre, I don't know. Is it, it's not called PMS anymore, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I know there's PMS, which is like premenopausal syndrome. There's also like some kind of premenopausal dysphoria. I don't know. The PMDD, I think. Um, oh. Like worse, worse than, you know, it's a scale. Um, I definitely know when Aunt Flo is about to come because I get a little cranky. Yeah. So not super cranky, but I get, yeah. I, I get a little snappy. And so usually. I think about that all the time. I think about being that way, like, like every day. I get like close to depression right before my period. I don't like that. For you. I always feel like really down, which is probably the post we were talking about before we got on. That's probably what, why oh, I, oh. yeah, because oh, yeah. usually a couple of days before my period starts, I feel down and I already deal with depression, right? I'm bipolar. Oh, yeah. So I yeah. deal with hypomania and depression and I'm on mood stabilizers. So I didn't get depressed, but I got like down like low that makes any yeah. sense. low and yeah. so that always happens a couple of days before my period probably from the hormone fluctuations. i'm sure it's from your hormone fluctuations yeah so maybe keeping track of when that happens like right on a calendar so that right. it's like always a couple of days prior you'd be like oh that's what that is okay cool. yeah you know what yeah. I mean? So like, you can attribute that. So um, with the menopause now, it's probably much. It's, it's all the time. It's like, yeah. it's like throughout the day you can have yeah. changes. And um, the other thing is a lot of women have vaginal dryness, which is, mm -hmm. you know, KY and all that stuff comes in. I actually had the opposite problem. And a lot of women have that too, where they just have more fluids than they really need or want. Um, but I mean, that's really personal there, right? And I'm really sharing my shit, but it happens for some women. It's a spectrum. And what, what happens to me is like anything with the female anatomy is so complicated. Yeah. Did you so hear that the clit, the clit is more than just that little nub? Oh, yeah, it's like this whole inches. organ. Oh, yeah. like, that's so crazy shit. That? No, I, I just learned it the other day, like a couple weeks ago. Megan. I'm like, why aren't we taught this shit? We Megan. aren't. When we were in sex class growing up, you had the little tiny clit yeah. and the vaginal canal. We weren't taught this shit. Yeah, we no, because if you shit. think about it, when you're still this little zygote, right, being formed, we all have penises. Yeah. And then as you turn into a female, the penis goes inside your body. So your clitoris really is like five inches long, which is why it grows when you're sexually aroused, because it gets like a little erection, just like a penis. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. We talk about all kinds of things. A little erection. Lady, yeah. You get a little erection when you, it kind of makes, it makes sense. You're yeah. aroused. That's why it's, that's why that's a part of your body that women like being stroked, touched, licked, whatever way they mm -hmm. want to be manipulated during, you know, when you're sexually aroused. For me, it's a necessary thing or else I can't I have an orgasm. I agree. Mm -hmm. It is for a lot of women. 
a lot of, you know, and that's a shame that girl, we're all over the place today. We don't talk about it though. And I didn't know it was normal until I was in my mid twenties and I was doing some Dr. Google. I was doing some research. I'm like, why am I weird? Cause I thought that like, no, I thought that everybody else could just have an orgasm. You know why? Because porn is male centered. It's through a male gaze. So through a male gaze, a woman is going to get aroused and have an orgasm through penetration by a penis into her vagina, which is not really the case. Most women need clitoral stimulation in order to have an orgasm. But because we look at everything through a male gaze, Mm -hmm. that's what men, men need that. Men prefer that. So since porn is very male centered and is usually produced by men, when you get good porn, it's produced by a woman. Yeah, yeah, I've only watched porn like a handful of times. I'm gonna have to send you some, I'm gonna send you some links. <laughs> links in there for some good female. Like, women I'm send you some porn. porn. Let's do this. Girl, I, have some porn. I mean, porn is good. Well, because yeah, the handful of times I've watched it, I wasn't. I was like, that's not really. Not I, that's real. and it seems very violent sometimes. And I'm not into the BDSM, and I'm not. I'm not bashing anybody who is. But I'm not into it, and right. when it fe- looks like violent, it doesn't do it for me. Correct. But, but if you find if you find some some, maybe we shouldn't say porn because porn has a negative connotation. It does. If you find some sexually stimulating erotica that, erotica that is created by and for women, and the women are um, have their agency over their bodies, and they choose to do this as their profession. Yeah, I want to side note. Story. That's a whole other topic. If anybody's listening, I would love to have a sex worker on the podcast. Yes. Like, I would love to have this conversation because there are women who, yes, I was listening to a podcast the other day by uh, the psychology podcast. I'll, I'll link it up. Um, he had a sex worker on there and she loves to be, to be in porn, quote unquote porn, erotica. Um, and she talks about that on the podcast and I'm like, okay, I can get, if you're choosing this, this Correct. is something you enjoy um, that you want to do the same with prostitution. Hey, if you want to do it and you have agency over your body, right. And this is your choice to do this with your body, then mm-hmm. go for it, girlfriend. Hey, right. do you, you know what I'm saying? Let's so, go back to menopause. <laughs> I know, girl. We got so off topic. But we, we're just all over. It's all related. The female body, the female um, body, erotica. Beautiful, beautiful thing. And it is. And we often don't think about our. I had a client yesterday who just um, doesn't love her body. So it's a male centric world. That's why. And so she was talking about this part of her body that she didn't love because she felt it was weird that she had hair on that part of her body. And I said, "Honey, listen. I see yeah. a lot of women bodies." A lot of women have this hair. I have hair on my toes. Yeah, I do too. And I told her, I was like, this is, she's like, it's normal. And I'm like, girlfriend. Yeah. Dark hair on my toes. Yeah. Yeah. No, me too. Me too. And, you know, and she was worried about hair on her abdomen. And I'm like, no, no, honey. Mm -hmm. I do this little, like, you know, a lot of women want me to take care of their, you know, glory trail, whatever it's called, because they don't like the hair there. But we are told what's normal and what's not normal and what was normal about menopause and what's not normal about menopause to bring it on back in. Yeah. But everyone is different. And so what you're going to experience may not be what I experienced, but if we don't have an open conversation about it, right. um, I will tell you that many years ago, 
when I started going through perimenopause, probably in my mid forties, I actually started a secret Facebook group. This is back in when the Facebook was brand new, like probably 2010, 2011. And it's called menopause mystique because I wanted a place where women could come and talk safely about their experiences with menopause and they wouldn't feel nervous. But I think that, so I wanted to create a place where we could come and talk about it and be safe because a lot of my friends, we were all the same age, my high school friends, we were going through the same thing. And it's funny, I look at it, it's still, it's still a group. There are still people in there. And I haven't, it's kind of become a defunct group now. I haven't archived it, but it's like, I don't even know if, if I were to go in there and be like, hey ladies, they'd probably be like, oh, and pop back in or, yeah. you know, start, we, but I do have a group on, so if anyone's listening, there is a group on Facebook called Menopause Mystique. M-Y-S. Did you make it not secret? Uh, yes. Oh, so it's I, just a closed group now? I think it's closed. I don't know. Well, let me look. Yeah. I don't know. You can, can definitely link make it. it closed when we get yeah. off the interview. And so then if anybody wants to join, they can they join can. and yeah. chat and ask questions because Again, we, we are barely digging, we're barely under the surface of women's health now because more and more women are speaking up and be like, you know what, you have all this fun stuff for men. You right. know, they came up with a male birth control pill, but it has too many side effects. But there's three different medications that help men get erections. Three. Yep. Right? There's Viagra, there's Cialis, and there's one other one. Except, right. you know, women's birth control has many side effects too, but that's no, big, not deal. A problem. It's no yeah. big deal. Deal with it, honey. You're fine. Yes. It's because a male centric world. Because it's more important to stop women from, it's more important to regulate women's bodies and regulate women's um, health and women's, um, ev- not evolution, what's the word, Bio- not the biology, but our ability to have children. Right. Yeah, except we can only have one child in nine months and a man could literally produce yeah. unlimited Million. amounts of children. Yeah. Right. Every months. day they could be inseminating somebody. Right. right. Every hour on the hour they could be inseminating somebody. They make lots of sperm. Right. And, it, and they put it everywhere. We they only drop everywhere. one egg. Right. <laughs> a Once a month. Right. If, well, if that. I dropped two out, out of one of my ovaries. That's how I ended up with twins. Oh, but some women don't drop any. You know, we got PCOS. Some women have PCOS and they can't even, they have a hard time even producing an egg that comes out correctly because of cysts on their ovaries. So, but we don't, you know, and the only time, let's really get into it. The only time a baby is really important is when it's in utero. Yeah. Because, you know, otherwise we don't want to, we don't want to take care of the baby after they're born. We just want to make women have to have them. Oh, darn, you have this baby and now you have to go on welfare, but you shouldn't go on welfare because that's bad. But right. you you can't keep yeah, down a decent job. Your pregnancy yeah, but you can't keep down a decent job because you have to call off because your kid's sick. Oh, right. darn. All this shit where you're like, okay, if you want me to have this baby, you're going to help me take care of this baby? You're going to help, where's the insurance? Listen, gonna help give know, me three of Handmaid's Tale just started, right? So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, how far are we from that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So what should women do when they're in menopause to help them? There are herbs. I mean, there are herbs that you can take. Um, and I'm happy to like, um, black cohosh is an herb that can be helpful. Evening primrose is an herb that can be helpful. All of, there are herbal remedies you can do. I would say look up online. Um, for herbal remedies and then read the reviews 
you know, make sure that other women and ask your women friends, right. if you are going through perimenopause, undoubtedly some of your peers are as well. So don't be afraid to say, oh my gosh, girl, I'm really dealing with some hot flashes. Have you started having hot flashes? Or maybe talk to a naturopath who would actually want to help you out. Like in Virginia Beach, there's Heritage Market, you know, which Mm -hmm. is a great place to go get some herbal remedies or things like that. Um, I used some, oh, teas. You can have, you can do teas that, you know, teas with herbs that can help, but there's no, and you can get prescriptions. Like you can get patches that you put on you that can, um, called estradiol that, that help put hormones, put estrogen into your body to help you regulate things. And that works for some women, but they're not cheap. Mm-hmm. Not all insurances are going to cover them. Yeah. The bioidentical hormones work for some women and that's also not cheap and some, some insurances cover and some don't. But I feel like um, just talking to other women and find out what works for them. And you're just going to have to trial and error it because your doctor's going to tell you to carry some extra panties. Yeah. No, That's well, I mean, I mean, they're going to, and then, and then they don't really like, they'll tell, you know, so Carol, my partner, she had this one patch that worked really well, went back to the doctor, her Navy doctor. And all of a sudden the Navy was like, Oh, we don't have that one anymore. Now use this one. And the new one didn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, and well, that's all about insurance. Western medicine is, it has its place, but it's far behind. It's in the dark ages. I, I feel like nowadays we really need this beautiful blend of Western and Eastern medicine because, you know, these herbs and these things that we're helping, forever. they've been around forever and they've been helping forever. Now, of course, I'm pro-vaccine. So if Western or Western medicine has its place, because- yeah, people were dying because they didn't right. have Western medicine. I mean, so they were burning the witches that were that were giving the herbs for me to help them. Right. Well, and somebody like me with bipolar disorder, I would just be institutionalized, possibly right. have a lobotomized brain. Right. Or or electroshock therapy. Right. Yeah. But now yeah. I have medication that can help keep that kind of under control. I still feel little dips, like little little ones. Yeah. Um, but it's not like the, the highs and lows that I was but going until, before. Until women's health, right, is mm-hmm. as important as men's health. And until mental health is looked at simply as a different body system that, right. has, that has chemical imbalances, much like diabetes, right? Right. Is, right. And um, high blood pressure, right, which is a mm-hmm. chemical problem in your cardiovascular system. Mental health is a chemical problem in your nervous right. system, right? Yeah. Until we realize that all of these things are the same, just different body systems, and women's health is as important as men's health, then I think we're, we're better. It's better. Right. Yeah. But it's getting there. We don't have to move forward, mm-hmm. and women need to speak up and be able to say, hey, listen, like, uh, my body's important. My health is important mm-hmm. because, you know, when they do trials for medications, it's mostly men in those studies. You know, yeah. that's why we don't know the symptoms of women's heart attacks. Mm-hmm. It's different. Right. We're, we're, we're not the same as men. We're different. We're better. We're different. <laughs> <laughs> we're better. Um, well, I mean, look at all the things that you, you need us. You can't reproduce and keep the population going without us, but we are a second class citizen most of the time. And some women don't want to believe that. They're like, oh, feminism, this. And I'm like, feminism is a spectrum. You know, there's some hardcore feminists. Yes. 
<laughs> there's some not so hardcore. I consider right. myself a feminist because I care about women's health. I care about women autonomy. But you care I care about men too, and that's I, also yeah, feminism. I care about men, but men can be feminists because they care about women and right. what happens with women and taking care of women. I, I would consider my husband may not consider himself a feminist, but I think oh, yes. I consider him a feminist because he cares what happens to me, he cares what happens about other women. He gets real upset, man. He gets real upset when it happens to come to like when I went to my doctor and I was having all these problems with my cycle and I they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me and they tried to put me on birth control. And I was like, I had my tubal ligation, so I didn't have to be on birth control. And they couldn't explain to me what was wrong with me. We'll come to find out C-sections and tubal ligations fuck up your shit. And that was probably what was happening. Now it's normalized. I've come back to normal, like, quote unquote, healthy. I've come back to healthy. Yeah. But for that, for a while, for years, I was out of whack. And it was, it, it, and I looked up online, tubal ligations and C-sections can fuck up your shit. Isn't that interesting? Because that's what happened. I had two C-sections and a tubal ligation. Mm -hmm. I had a C-section for my first child. And then I really didn't want it, but he's hard, it, he had to have it. It was an emergency situation. Right. And my second one, we tried to do a V-back. But my body, which stands for, in case someone doesn't know, vaginal birth after C-section, my yeah. doctor was all for it. A lot of doctors aren't, but my No, I wasn't allowed to. The second he was a around. Navy OB. He was the best. He was like, whatever you want, you get. It's all about you. And I was like, I love you. So, But my body didn't cooperate. And so mm -hmm. I ended up with a second C-section. During that C-section, I had a tubal ligation because I didn't want more children. Right. Um, and, you know, once you have a couple, they let you do that. Yeah. If you don't have any kids, you're not allowed. Which yeah. I think is bullshit. If you don't want to have kids and you're of a certain age, like I have a friend who's 36, never had kids, doesn't want to have kids. And she's like, why do I have to stay on birth control? Why can't I just have a tubal ligation at 36? Soon I'm not going to be able to have kids. Right. So why can't I just prevent paralyze it now? myself. Choose yeah. to be paralyzed. I mean, hey, look, let's really go there. The government does sterilize women who don't want to be sterilized. So why right. can't the ones who want it go mental ahead? Mental health care? problems. People used to be sterilized if they had mental health problems, women, because right. they didn't want to pass it down to their children. Now, the logic isn't completely flawed. There are genes that cause... Right. No, they, but they were... They but were that's not okay. They were sterilizing African-American women and Native American women up until True. the mid they, they were sterilizing in Virginia poor women... Um, yeah. because they thought that that would be passed down to their children. Yeah. No. Yeah. And that's all about men controlling women's bodies. Right. You so know. as we wrap this up, <laughs> know, right? we've been all over the place today. We've been we all over talk the about place. Menopause. We what did talk about menopause. We did talk about menopause. Women and women's health, right. all different areas. And all of it relates to back to how we, how our bodies change throughout the years and Again, if you are a cisgendered woman who has your organs or a trans, if you have female organs in your body, right. you have a uterus and ovaries, you will probably go through some sort of a chemical naturally, or you can have a hysterectomy and then have a surgical menopause. But right. if you no longer produce hormones, your estrogen and progesterone change, you are going to have some symptoms from that. So we call that menopause, like pause of menstruation. Really, it's the end of menstruation, which can happen in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. 
But yeah, I know quite a few women who have had hysterectomies. Right, in their 20s even sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to go through surgical menopause. But although it's your ovaries, not your uterus. So you'd have to, if you have a partial hysterectomy where you take your uterus and you still have ovaries, you will still have the hormones, right? right? Because that, that's our hormone producers. But if your ovaries aren't functioning properly, you have PCOS or you have only one ovary year. I mean, basically, right. if, if something happens to any of your reproductive organs, it can change how your body functions. So that can happen at any stage of your life. It and just what I typically happens in our 50s to women who have their, their, their body is whole, you know, wholly there. Yeah. H yeah. Not H O L E Y, but W H O L L Y. <laughs> if their body is completely there. If your ovaries were blessed. <laughs> if your ovaries function. Yes. Healthily. Yeah. yeah. No. And I think, um, something I really want people to take away here. We did talk about menopause, but we did talk a lot about female anatomy is we are all going through this. We all have periods. Well, not everybody has a period. Everybody has had a period, yeah. whether it's one or every year for, unless you're pregnant, you know, right. whether you're pregnant, you get pregnant, you don't get pregnant, all these things. We as women are going to go through these changes. Right. right. Um, and we need to talk more about it. We need right. to talk more it about needs to be a normal conversation. Right. We need As to talk. To, we don't talk about that. Oh really. my gosh. Yeah, oh my gosh. I, we don't talk about that. If I hadn't looked up online, I wouldn't have ever known that you could have these side effects from C-sections and tubal ligations. Now, would I go back? No, because I would have died having those children if I didn't have right. C-sections. Would I go back and not get a tubal ligation? No, I don't want babies. And yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be on birth control. <laughs> oh, so isn't that interesting that we're kind of subjected to these situations where we have to make these decisions? Right. Well, my husband got a vasectomy too. So we'll yeah. just put that out there. It's not just me. I made him get oh, a vasectomy. Yeah. And it's so much easier for a man to have a vasectomy. Oh, like, yeah. it's like snip, snip, you sit on some peas, you're good. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's so much, but, but there's. But some men don't want to do that because they're afraid of whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really talk about it. Because it hurts. Oh, okay. And so does having a baby. And so does having surgery. And so does having a tubal ligation. Like, he did not fight me. When I was like, you know, tubal ligations aren't 100% effective. I think you need to get a vasectomy. And he was like, all right. Yeah, no, you're like, you had all these ba babies. I mean, if I hadn't had a C-section, I may have just made him get a vasectomy and me not do anything, but right. you're already in there. You just are, that's what I said. I'm like, you're already there. Just go ahead and take care of this while you're there. Right. You're so right. The, right. the whole point in our conversation is women's bodies have all these ranges of things that's going to happen. Right. We need to talk about it. Correct. Menopause is a natural thing, whether like you said, it is because of surgery or it's because it's just the natural timing. And they do say that menopause, usually you can time it by when your mom is doing it. Yes. So same with periods is as long as, unless your kids are hopped up on hormones, you know, the yeah. growth hormones nowadays. Usually it's in early teens, it. no 12, yeah. 13. And menopause usually is in the 50s-ish. Yeah. And it usually starts perimenopause in your 40s-ish. I started at 38, but right. my cycle really early too. So um, yeah. So you know, I was kind of an early bloomer anyway, but, um, I, so I think that as, as women become more and more willing to talk about these things, it will become more quote normal to, to have this conversation. But, um, I will tell you that I think women are becoming much more open about these things because mm -hmm. I see a lot of women, I mean, we're women owned, we're women employees. We only have women in my spa. 
we are not, we see men. I mean, we only have women that work there. Right. We, um, mostly see women and women want to talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. They really do. They really want to talk about these things. And I think within their friend groups, they're having more and more of these conversations because right. they'll come to me and they'll tell me that they're the guinea pig, quote unquote, of the friend group to try sugaring for a Brazilian. And then they go back and tell their it's friends great. and I have like four or five more ladies that come see me because sugaring is so much better than waxing. Right. But, um, there's my plug. Um, I wasn't afraid to tell people that you sugared my vagina. I posted on Facebook. I'm like anybody so much better. It's like, <laughs> literally you don't have redness irritation. They're not, we're not ripping your hair, your skin no. off. I mean, the next better. day I was it's fine. fine. Yeah. yeah. Most women are perfectly fine that day. Um, like, you know, they're just like, oh my God, I'm not even irritated. Like, it's just amazing things. So there's my plug for sugar and skin spots. Right. But, but these um, things are like, these things. right. And sugaring is better because it doesn't have all the chemicals. We got to okay. realize we have a very delicate balance downstairs, like with pH and everything like that. We got it. I mean, I was reading the other day that the vagina is so acidic <laughs> when you're not preparing for a baby, right? Like mm-hmm. accepting the sperm. It is like, it's a, it kills shit off. A hostile <laughs> environment, right? Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> it can be. It right. can be. It depends on who you are and why you want to get there. Right. So Carol, as we wrap this up, what would yes. you like to leave the inspired women audience with? Just feel comfortable to talk to your friends and your peers about how, what you're going through, because I think if we don't make these conversations more quote normal, um, women, it's, we're not going to move forward. You know, what you're going through, you probably have friends that are going through it too. And Mm -hmm. you guys can support and help each other out. I talk with my friends about periods. I'm not scared. I was like, I like to say out flows in town just because, you know, I don't, if somebody's overhearing me, I don't need them to know I'm on my period. Yeah. yeah. But, but everyone knows what flow is, Megan. You're just fooling yourself. I know. flow is. Oh, they call it Shark Week now. I don't know where that came from. Uh, all the I, blood? Maybe? Yeah. I mean, I'll say my period or ant flow or, you know. Someone needs to comment on your podcast, like, what the shark, how the Shark Week came about. I'm guessing it's all the blood. But That's I, mean, what I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to find yeah. out. So yeah, talk about your, to your friends about it. Cause everybody's going through it. We shouldn't hide our periods. Right. I made a whole Facebook live about things, period underwear. If they're listening, I'd love to have them. I remember that. The I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Diva cups. yeah. I want to try the diva cup. I haven't gotten around to it there's yet. A, there's, just a, there's a non diva brand diva cup too. There's another brand that I've heard really good things about too. There's quite a few. They keep yeah. popping up ads in my Facebook. I think they know I want to try it. Your Facebook know. knows everything. So I'm going to get Diva Cup ads now, too, just because we talked about it. <laughs> I know. Right? They're listening. <laughs> they do have an Echo Dot in here. Yeah. Well, they're, who knows? They if do. Like, I have an Echo Dot in my treatment room. So if, if they're listening to me, then, you know, they're hearing a lot about vaginas. Right. And, You're going to get ads so. about vagina stuff. So. Exactly. <laughs> talk a lot about that stuff oh carol thank you so much this has been a fun conversation i I, I miss you i miss you too i've just been laughing and talking and you know what i love these conversations because we're just showing people it's normal to talk about this stuff like it's okay i talk to my friends about sex sometimes like 
and we all have sex. I mean, well, not everybody. I a lot of us do have sex and that it's an enjoyable, wonderful part of your life because it really right. can be a vibrant part of your life. If it's done mutually respectful and you know, it's, it's not coerced, you know, it's, and it's if it's not an enjoyable part of your life, then maybe you need to speak to somebody. There are sex therapists out there. There are people who work with you. If you've been through trauma that will help you so that you're able to enjoy sex again. Um, because I know that can be one of the reasons people don't enjoy right. sex. Um, but if you work with a, a professional, you may be able to enjoy sex. Yep. And talk to your doctor if you're having concerns about, you know, is this normal, quote unquote, normal for me to have these, these, these changes in my body. Go right. see your clinician, go see your, your nurse practitioner, your physician assistant, your doctor, and ask them because, you know, there may be something that you need to do. Maybe you're, maybe you, like me, you're having polyps and you don't know and you have to have, sur- I had to have surgery. I didn't right. know. Um, so, you know, you, you do want to check with your doctor to ensure that you're not having something going on that can be a problematic for your health. Exactly. Well, Carol, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.